Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 23 of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today I'm talking with my friend, Simi John. Simi is a speaker, author, and full-time physical therapist. She's been married to her best friend for 10 years, and they have two beautiful children. Currently, she lives in Oklahoma and serves with her husband, who is the lead pastor of New Life Bible Church in Norman. Her calling is to the local church, and her passion is to empower women to live in the abundant life Jesus offers them. Last year, she released her first devotional book, I Am Not, Break Free from Stereotypes and Become the Woman God Made You to Be. Welcome to the podcast, Simi. Hey, I am so excited to be here. Friend, I'm so glad to be chatting with you in real life. Again, we have met online and just been able to connect over the past year, and you have been rocking it lately on social media just with so many great things that you're saying and your encouragement. So I'm excited to have you on. The that podcast. means a lot, Andrea. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> One of the many great things that you have said online recently is for us to celebrate who we are and to stop trying to be somebody else's version of enough. Mm. So can you explain that? And just how, how can we really do that as women and moms? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's two things to unpack in that statement. So first there's the identity piece. And, you know, as you know, Andrea, that's probably like the number one thing most women um, struggle with, right? I think we all struggle with it, men and women, but especially women. And it doesn't, you know, like regardless of age, regardless of life stage, I feel like this is an area where women really struggle with and a constantly battle. And so um, I think it's important for us to be rooted in our identity as women of God. But it's so hard because we live in a world that's constantly trying to label us and even sometimes make us question our identity, right? And we see that that's not just unique to us. It's in the Bible. It happened to Jesus throughout his life from his birth to his death. We see are you the son of God? Is he the Messiah? There's so many questions about his identity. And I think we are faced with the same thing on a daily basis. And if we're not intentional about living into the truth of who we are, then we will live into the narratives that we are told, um, our experiences, our past, or the expectations of other people that are often put on us. So I think that is the first piece. And the second piece is this enoughness. And I think there's this message that sounds so empowering in society that's been going on that I'm sure you're aware of that, you know, you are enough, you can do this, just go get a girl, dream it, you got right. this. 
And it sounds so good, right? It sounds empowering. It sounds refreshing because women for centuries and even now in certain cultures are oppressed and silent. So when we hear a message like that, we want to embrace it, right? We want to own it and say, yes, I want that. That's me. I want to be enough. But I want to remind our listeners that everything good is not the gospel. Ooh. Everything good is not the gospel. If Jesus is in the center, if Jesus is not the center of the message, then it is not the gospel. And we need to identify and we need to know the truth of the gospel because it is the gospel that gives me my identity and my enoughness, right? It is the finished work of the cross that tells me I am now no longer a slave to myself or the world or sin. I am no, no longer an enemy with God because now the wrath of God was on Jesus and the finished work of Jesus on the cross tells me I am a child of God. And that's my identity. And my enoughness is that, that I can never earn that. I can never do enough good, be good enough, perform or pretend enough to get that. So he did it for me. He took my place. So when we look at Jesus and we preach the gospel to ourselves over and over again, that's when we feel enough. Because the honest truth is God didn't design any of us to be enough. Exactly. None of us, because if we were enough on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus, right? Yeah. Adam and Eve in the garden needed food. They needed sleep. They needed all those things. We see that. So they were finite, limited beings. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to try to strive to be enough because if we listen to that message and we put that pressure, pressure on ourselves to be enough, we're just going to burn out and sit in despair and hopelessness. Oh, girl, mic drop right there. That was so, so good and so true. And it's so easy for us as women, as moms, like you were saying, to look around and try to find our identity and all of these different things. And I think that for a lot of us, when we become moms, we let that become our identity. Like yes. I remember even catching myself before, like someone when my kids were younger would say, how are you? And I immediately would say, oh, my kids are great. They are this age and this age, they're in these grades. And I would start talking about my kids. And one day I caught myself thinking, they're asking about me. They're not asking about my kids. Why do I always turn it around to that? And I think it's because I was twisting my identity that like, now I'm a mom, this is who I am. But really we are just, we're most multifaceted women with different roles and responsibilities, but we are the woman God made us to be. And we are, our value is found in him, just like you were saying. And so we sometimes forget that as we are going throughout motherhood. Yeah. And I think that's so common, Andrea. I think a lot of times we'll cling on to roles that we play and that becomes our identity. And the problem with that is sometimes the seasons and the roles are good and they're significant and other times they're ordinary and they're not as significant, right? And then that's when we, it becomes a problem because all of a sudden we're like, wait, I'm not important anymore. I'm not number one anymore, what's going on? And so that's why it's important for us to look at the cross and that's the place where we find our identity, our acceptance and all of those things. So good. I think what you said about, you know, seasons, like our, our roles do change in different seasons. And sometimes I think we like look at someone else and think like the roles that they're in right now are more important than the roles that 
I'm in right now. So maybe it's a stay-at-home mom looking at a working mom, or it's someone who has a dream to own a business and like they haven't started, but somebody's farther ahead. And so sometimes we look at others and we neglect our season, our role and where we are, how God is shaping us and in certain seasons, because we're looking at other people. Amen. Absolutely. That's definitely a struggle for me. And that's something that God has been teaching me recently is to embrace the mundane, mm-hmm. um, how Jesus values the mustard seed, right? He says mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And so if I look at the ordinary mundane moments of motherhood, that is not Instagram worthy pictures, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just random little conversations that I have in the car with my children, knowing those mustard seed moments are valuable. And if I treat that differently, if I see purpose in those moments, mm-hmm. then I find worth and purpose in the work of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And that's something that God is teaching me because it's not easy, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, not natural to think that way, but that's what right. God calls us to. Right. And I, I did an episode um, a couple of weeks ago with a friend just about how God does extraordinary things in our ordinary moments, like you're saying. And we, we need to be careful about, yeah, misplacing our identity and also giving uh, more value to something that looks glamorous versus really good kingdom work of raising our kids, of serving them. Like I think, you know, the role of a mom is just so much serving and we we can be weary of it, but really we get to live out the gospel, how Jesus loved, you know, as we are caring for our families, cleaning up crumbs and diapers and shuffling kids so many places that those can be just beautiful ways to serve our families. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit, but where and how do we sometimes misplace our identity as women? Like how have you seen that, you know, in your own life or with women that you lead? Mm, That's a good question. I think what I have seen is a lot of times women misplace their identity in their past, like mm-hmm. what happened to them, um, what someone did or said to them, or what they themselves have done, and they let their past define them. And so for me personally, I came from a house where my dad was an alcoholic who was very abusive towards my mom. Mm-hmm. So as an eight and nine-year-old, I saw mm-hmm. you know physical abuse in my house, and I was the one that had to pull my dad off my mom so he'd stop beating her up and um when I think back on my life and think of those moments they're still hurtful there's still pain there I remember the fear that little girl felt you know in that moment um and I could have easily been a statistic you know I could have just you know just repeated history and let those moments define marriage define uh, fatherhood define my own identity and my own future and even God, right? My right. perspective of God. But even as I look back, um, I remember a neighbor inviting me to a VBS at their church. And we were, you know, we didn't go to a church like that. And so uh, the theme of that VBS was First Peter chapter five, verse seven, cast all your cares mm-hmm. upon him because he cares for you. And that was the first verse I memorized. And I didn't, you know, completely understand um, what it meant, but God was trying to place in my heart, that little girl's heart, that there was a God out there 
who cared for her, that she could tell him everything and cast and throw out all her fears and worries and anxieties because he cares, he sees. And as I look back on my own life, I think that was such a foundational thing, uh, a truth that God was trying to plant inside of me that I can cling on to in those horrible moments. Mm -hmm. A seed that grew and grew and grew within me because mm -hmm. my dad eventually met Jesus. He, he became an evangelist. He traveled the world and has baptized so many people. He's a Bible teacher it's amazing. Now. And my brother went to Bible school. He became a pastor. I married a pastor, you know, and so our, our the future of all of our lives had completely shifted mm -hmm. and I could still sit in that and say, but my childhood was robbed, right? This is who I, I am because of what happened to me. And we look at the story of Joseph and, you know, Joseph is now the king of Egypt and he's sitting there and his brothers are in great famine. The brothers who hurt him, who sold him into slavery, who caused so much harm to his life, who rejected him and they're coming to him and immediately Joseph recognizes them and he speaks harshly to them and he manipulates and plays games with them because he's so mad. There's so much resentment and bitterness inside of him still towards them for what they did to him. But in Genesis chapter 45, it says that Joseph goes and he weeps so loudly that everyone, everyone hears him in the household. And then he comes out and then he says this to them, to his brothers, he says, I am Joseph, the one you sold into slavery. And I think what happened is before that moment of breaking, he was taking, he, he was thinking about what happened to him. It was all about him, right? It was his perspective on his life and everything that happened to him, his past, his history. And then all of a sudden he grieves and he mourns and he laments at the hurt and everything that had happened to him. And I think that's important. It's important for us to recognize the pain that we have faced in our lives and peel back the layers and try to understand them. And then he goes to them and his perspective has now changed from me, my perspective on my life to God's perspective. And he goes to them and he says, I am Joseph the one you sold into slavery. He addresses this, he's not in denial. He says, I am Joseph, that is who I am. That is part of my story. And this is the hurt you caused me. But God sent me before you to preserve our family. Now he sees the hand of God that was working all those times, even with the hurt, even with the rejection, even with the pain, all of those years that he spent unjustly treated, he realizes, God was there. He was working so he could say, I forgive you because what you, what the enemy meant for bad, God turned for good. Mm -hmm. And that is the promise, Andrea, that we all have, right? Mm -hmm. That God is working all things together for our good because God is good and God is good to you and me. And so it doesn't matter what they said or what they did. We don't have to let what happened to us define us mm. we can look at the finished work of god on the cross and say god is good god is good even in the bad god is good and let him define us and define our future so good so good and i have encouraged listeners through different episodes about the importance of just what you said about analyzing our past not letting it 
keep us a prisoner, but just analyzing. And like you said, it's okay to, and it's actually very healthy for us to look at things in our past and to grieve them and to acknowledge the pain that they were. It's when we like sweep things under the rug or when we say like, this didn't really affect me. I'm not gonna really think about it because that's what I did in my own life. And, and I realized that eventually when we do that, those things come up and come out of us mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. And sometimes it's unforgiveness that we hold against people that we feel like, yeah, we were owed, we missed out. Like you said, like we could look back and have all of these feelings. And I read a really good book by Andy Stanley a couple of years ago. I think it's, I can't think of the exact name, something about the heart, about these different areas of the heart. And he talks about that when things have happened to us, that sometimes there's not anything that can be done to make up for what happened or a loss or like terrible experiences, like nothing now can be done to heal us of that other than Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so it's so important for us to allow Jesus to have access to those parts of our hearts so that we can move forward in healing and move forward in health in him that without him, it's just not possible when we try to do it on our own. Yeah. Absolutely. And we need community. We need the people of God to remind us and teach us of the truth um, so that we can stand firm because we're not meant to do life alone, right? We need family. We need people who know the word. And so plugging into a local Bible-believing church is also so important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we feel you know, when we have things in our past or we're struggling with things now, like we feel so alone sometimes. And you're so right. Like we need other people and we need to be brave enough to be vulnerable about things in our lives. And it really, I found over the years that when I'm in community with women and God allows us to be real and vulnerable and share our stories, that that's where true connection can happen Mm -hmm. because we realize oh, I'm not alone in this experience or in this struggle that I have. And when we are brave and vulnerable with our stories, it really invites others to be this, to do the same. And we can just find so much healing in those experiences. It's, it's just so amazing to, to be part of that. Yeah. And then God gets the glory, right? Like our tests becomes our testimony Mm -hmm. and then we get to praise God together and see the goodness of God together. Absolutely. I love, I think it's in second Corinthians 10, where Paul's talking about that God comforts us in our troubles so that we can go out and comfort others. And I think that's so true. And that when we look back at our lives, the, the painful things that have happened, we can, we allow God to access those places. Again, we can then move forward to help other people who are in a similar situation now, or who will be in the future, God uses it all. There's nothing that will happen to us that he can't turn around and use for good. That's right. So encouraging. Friend, another thing that I have seen you doing on social media is just being so real and authentic and just inspiring other women to do the same. So can you give us some thoughts about how to do that? How can we be authentic in a world, you know, of social media and Pinterest perfect pictures? How can we be authentic both online and in the real world? Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, so I was born in India and, you know, raised in Dallas, Texas. I moved to Dallas when I was seven years old. And so for me, uh, being authentic 
means that I talk about every part of me, right? Because I am uniquely designed by God and every single part of me should and ought to bring God glory. And so recently, I think at the end of 2020 is when I realized that I wasn't really being authentic to my culture as far as my Indianness, right? I was never talking about that. And a friend called me out on it because God really placed a burden in my heart to reach other Indian women. Mm -hmm. Um, And my friend was like, but you don't ever talk about that on social media. And immediately my response, even without thinking was, but it's so hard when for a long time, I tried to hide my Indianness, Mm -hmm. right? And so I had to understand that as much as I am uh, a child of God, I have to recognize that God also put this brown skin on me, right? And he made me an immigrant and he made me an Indian Christian woman. And so from my perspective and my voice to be out on social media in that way, with that perspective is going to speak uniquely to the other person that is just like me. And I put a post up there recently saying, you know, that's why diversity and representation is so important because it's so important for people to see Jesus in someone that looks like them. And so if I want to reach Indian women, I have to show them my Indianness, right? I am an Indian woman. And so being authentic and, you know, real on social media is just or anywhere you go, even, you know, as a pastor's wife, for me to do that with my congregation is for me to realize that every part of me is to bring God glory, not just one part, not just the pretty part, not just the part that's, you know, sacred, because for us, there is no divide between sacred and secular. Every part of me, every part of my life is an invitation to other people to find and see Jesus because I carry the very presence of God wherever I go. And every part of us is uniquely wired to share that. And so it's hard. It's hard to be real. Um, It's hard sometimes because you get um, misunderstood. And it's hard because um, you always want to fit into a box. Because like I said earlier, the world is always trying to label us and categorize us. And it's easy to want to fit into a box and say, well, this is me because this this, this is comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think for us to step in, step up and step into our role that God has placed us brings him the most glory and reaches the most mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. That's so good. God, yeah, is so intentional with us. He mm-hmm. knows all the details about us, where we're going to be born, where we'll come from, where we'll be raised, all of those yeah. things. And I love how you're just encouraging women to own that and to not hide behind insecurity, whether that's about yeah where we come from or what we look like, but to just be courageous and bold to be who God made us to be because that gives him glory. I mm-hmm. love that. That's so good. Another thing I thought we could talk about is related to this, how sometimes we, when we're trying to look a certain way or we're trying to be enough we are striving. Sometimes we, you know, are trying to be a certain way. And I found, you know, being a recovering perfectionist that, yeah, a lot of it is trying to control what people think of you by what you're doing or how they yeah, might think of what you're doing and things like that. So how can we stop striving and how can we prevent burnout when we're doing those things? 
Mm. I think it, that's absolutely, especially when you're doing ministry work, um, it's really hard because you're doing it for the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. And But there is a part of you that somehow gets intertwined with wanting the glory, right? And I think pride sets in, and that's for all of us. I don't think anyone steps into ministry, whether it's on social media or at church, uh, or any nonprofit work to say, I want the glory, right? We're all in it for Jesus to make Jesus famous for other people to um, enter into the saving knowledge of Jesus. But our, when our pride comes in and we step into the picture, I think that's when we are striving because it's no longer about the kingdom work because now it's about, well, I have to look good. I have to get more people. I have to get this platform. I have to get this position and I have to earn this title. Um, yet when it's about Jesus, it's out of this love that is just there, right? We see that in the story of Martha and Mary where Martha invites Jesus into the house. She's the one who invites Jesus into the house. Yet she's the one who misses out on the voice of Jesus because she's doing all the things. And I often find myself there where I'm the one inviting Jesus into the house and inviting everybody else, listen to Jesus, but I miss out because I'm right. trying to focus on so many things. And Jesus reminds me, no, 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 no. One thing is needful. This is the better portion. I am the better portion. I am the prize. This is what I want of you to just sit. This is the needful thing and calling us back to him. And I think when we are there, when we are fully satisfied in Jesus uh, and doing it solely for him, that's when it doesn't become a striving. And so for me on social media or anything I do, when I find myself striving and getting burnt out, I have to take a step back. And sometimes that means I take a break Mm -hmm. and question my motives and write down the why am I doing this? Is this about Simi or is this about Jesus? Is this um, opportunity about me or is it for Jesus? And kind of not focusing so much on juggling so much, but balancing my relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. and the things that I do. So valuable. I, I, I don't remember where I read this recently. Maybe it was called Creatives Where We're Members or another community I'm in online, but someone just talking about that struggle of, yes, that when we are trying to serve the Lord, that sometimes we neglect time with the Lord mm -hmm. for doing these things for him. And I think that happens in ministry, but I think it also happens in our roles as moms when we're staying at home or, you know, whether we're working and caring for our kids that we can be, you know, try to be the perfect godly wife or perfect godly mom and do all of these things that we are exhausted and burnt out from trying to keep up with all of those things that we think make us perfect or godly or whatever those are. But really it's, it can be so simple. Like you were saying, the priority is time with Jesus and letting that overflow into the way that we treat our families. And so sometimes that means that we let go of things that we would maybe like to do have a clean house or home cooked meals all the time and healthy and all that. But sometimes mm -hmm. we have to let go 
of those things and those expectations so we can experience what God really has for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of those good things can become idols, right? Mm -hmm. And we look to those things to fulfill us and give us purpose. And that's when it becomes dangerous. And so if I'm looking for those things to make me feel good, or if I'm turning to those things on my bad days and I need to see, hey, is that is that is that becoming an idol? Is that taking the place of God? Is that giving me the thing that I should get from God? Um, and so that's a good place for us to reflect and kind of go back to Jesus and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, not necessarily like stop doing those things, but maybe take a break, you know, pause and rest from those things. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I actually have a free gift that I made. It's like a 15 minute video and a PDF guide on my website that your listeners are welcome to go. It's um, on my website. Awesome. That would be so great. Thanks, Ren. On this topic, yeah, overwhelm and all that kind of stuff that we all struggle with as moms. (laughs) Right. Perfect. I love what you said about analyzing idols in our life. I think in our American Christian culture that sometimes we think, oh, we don't have idols. Like we're not praying to these little, you know, statues or whatever, but the definition of an idol is really anything that takes the place of God, just like you Mm -hmm. were saying. So always just analyzing our heart is so important, which goes back to that time with Jesus of allowing him to speak to us and all those things. And sometimes as busy moms, like it feels like that's not possible, but it doesn't have to be a two hour praying session Mm -hmm. before your kids are awake. It's like that daily reliance, that daily communication with God that, that is really helpful friend at the end of every episode i like to ask some fun questions are you ready yes let's do it okay what are you reading watching or listening to these days Mm. Okay. So I've been watching this show called, I think it's called Stanley Tucci's tour of Italy because I love Mm. Italian food and he goes all over like different places of Italy and talks about the different kind of foods. And, um, obviously because of COVID we haven't been traveling. Right. Right. (laughs) So I'm vicariously living through Stanley Tucci and watching him travel all the cool places and eat some amazing food. So that's what I've been watching. That's super fun. Where are you watching it in case listeners want to check it out? It's Netflix. on, I want to I I say it's on Netflix. I'm not sure my husband okay. found it because I love everything food, like yeah. network and stuff. So I watch it. Oh, and fun. So he found it. He's like, I know you love this show. <laughs> fun. I'll have to look it up because I like yeah. Stanley Tucci. So that yes, sounds it's super so good. Fun. That sounds really fun. Next is what is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? Mm, I think a good old like spontaneous dance party we try to have them at least once a day in our house and because I think sometimes everything you know in our lives as moms are serious it's about rules it's about feeding kids you know it's about like the very important things of like feeding and bathing and things like that and now we're teaching their kids and so there's so many important things that are so strict and rigid and so it's important to have fun with the kids and like be silly because then I get to kind of release and get some endorphins going and have yeah. fun. And so we'll have like a little dance competition. I'll let them pick their songs and it's just so much fun and we get a workout.
in. <laughs> I, I love it. I love dance parties. It's funny because between my two kids, like my son will totally dance and my daughter's not as excited. So I'm trying to get her <laughs> on board. <laughs> I have to bribe her, but I, I love that idea. That's yes. so awesome. Well, and here's an impromptu question I have for you because you are a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Is there um, something physical that can help us as moms? I don't know that you recommend. Is it like stretching or I don't know. Yeah. So what I see a lot with my female patients, especially moms is posture. And like, they carry a lot of tension in their like upper trap area and their shoulders. And so I talk a lot about like breathing, like a really good deep breath breath would be where your chest isn't really moving, but it's like belly breathing. So your belly becomes big. So let's all just take a deep breath right now in through your nose and feel your ribs expand and your belly is becoming big. And then breathe out like you're blowing out a candle. Do that a couple of times. And if you feel like throughout the day, like your upper traps, like your shoulders are up by your ears, that's the tension you're carrying. So pull it down. I always say, imagine your shoulder blades, like the tip of your shoulder blade going into your back pocket and pull them down, 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 down. That's so good. Focus on breathing. It really helps. I like that. Cause as we're talking, I'm like sitting here hunched over so yeah. now on the street because <laughs> I carry a lot of tension there. So <laughs> super helpful. I knew you would have something. Great awesome. <laughs> Friend, what is God teaching you in this season? Yeah. So I would say, I think I I mentioned earlier, it's just embracing the mundane things because that's something I struggle with, right? Because like, I want to do big things. I want to do great things. And I've I've always felt like God had like this great call on my life ever since I was a kid, right? Like I was like the Bible nerd. I was like, you know, had like the big Bible and the big pad where I took notes and stuff like that. And so I just knew from a young age that God had a great purpose for my life. And God is slowly teaching me like great in his eyes is not the same as my Mm -hmm. eyes because my eyes are trained to look at it like the world's way. And that means big platform, big moments. And God is saying, no, 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 that's not what great means. Great means you having revival in your home, in your own heart by yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that is the greatest work because if God can change my heart in my home, then my generation, my kids' generations are going to look different. And that ripple effect that I cannot see now is great. Mm. And so God is just teaching me as a mom, just to embrace those mundane moments and do them faithfully and knowing that there is a purpose behind that. Oh, that's so good. Great advice for us. Definitely. And lastly, where can people connect with you? Well, Um, I am mostly on Instagram. That's my favorite social media platform. So you can find me on Instagram at Simi John, S-I-M-I-J-O-H-N. And then my website, um, SimiJohn.tv. Awesome. So friends, go to her website, download that free gift that Simi has for you. And this has just been so great, friend. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and all God is teaching you. So helpful. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. It was my honor. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Would you do me a favor and help me get the word out about the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering? I'd be so appreciative if as you listen, you take a screenshot, post it to social media, and tag me. 
You can also rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening so that other moms can find it. Looking forward to being with you next time.